Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today. Are the Steelers selling their future for one more run with Big Ben? Team LeBron versus Team Durant. Who is the better GM? Plus, has the All-Star game come at the worst possible time for the Miami Heat? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and the biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The clock on the Ben Roethlisberger era has not quite struck midnight. Big Ben will be back in Pittsburgh for 2021 on a modified deal. He's taking a pay cut, helping the Steelers clear about $15 million in cap space. Joining me now, Chris Carter. No, not that Chris Carter. Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers <laughs> is here to help us figure out what this means for Pittsburgh. And Chris, how does this change their outlook, at least this season? Well, the big question, Peter, was what was the big move? How much money was Ben Roethlisberger going to help them clear out of his contract for this upcoming season? Next year and the years forward, the Steelers have a ton of cap space. Uh, they, they had a lot of things lined up for them. They're able to make a lot of moves next year, whether it's extending T.J. Watt, extending Minka Fitzpatrick, signing the guys they, who they want to sign. They could do a lot of things next year. But this year, they were up against it. You know, a few weeks ago, they had, you know, close to $30, 000, $30 million over the cap. And then, you know, Marquise Pouncey retired. Vance McDonald retired. They restructured Cam Hayward's contract. Contract. But everyone knew the big piece of this was how can they reduce Ben Roethlisberger's $41.2 million cap hit. And this adjustment, opening up $15 million, according to SpotRack, would put the Steelers at least, I believe, $8 million under the salary cap now and into in the in the black. And they still can sign players like Steven Nelson, Joe Hayden, David DeCastro to either like one-year extensions that help lessen their cap hits. They can still restructure players like Stephon Tewitt, Vince Williams, Chris Boswell, um, Derek Watt. There's, there's all sorts of places they can create this money. And Peter... Every year I hear this about the Steelers, that they're in salary cap hell when they're right where they want to be. They just need to do a few restructures. They're still in it, and they never feel the ultimate pain of having to cut multiple big-time players like how the Saints and the Eagles are, are feeling right now. As you said, they're going to have some financial flexibility in 2022, but that doesn't really matter if you don't have a quarterback. So how does the succession plan change now and should that encourage Pittsburgh to maybe kick the can down the road a little bit and, and try and, you know, the proverbial go all in move for, to try and win it this year when you know you have a quarterback, at least that you believe in for right now? Well, I honestly think, Peter, they're setting themselves up to make that move in 2022. There's two options there, of course. Going after a free agent, and we, we see how many quarterbacks are available this year in free agency and trading and all that crazy stuff. You know, who's to say that they won't get another chance at that next year when more players come available? But the big thing here for me is the chance to move up in the draft and actually get their guy. Not wait at 24 or 27 where they're often having to draft in those mid to late 20s in the NFL draft. Go up and get your guy. And the reason they'll have the option to do that is because next year, if what we think is going to happen, Bud Dupree and Juju Smith-Schuster hit free agency and, and they get they get signed to big deals, if those things happen, the Steelers most likely get two third-round comp picks from that and maybe some more with other guys like James Conner, Alejandro Villanueva, you know, other guys that are, that are going into free agency right now feeding that. And 
if those things happen, that gives you multiple third round comp picks. It was that those kind of picks that were added to the Steelers, uh, the Steelers draft capital in 2018 when they moved up to give Devin Bush. I don't think that the Steelers, whether or not Kevin Colbert's there at general manager next year, would shy away from using that to say, hey, let's do this again. Let's trade up and go get a quarterback that we really like in this 2022 uh, draft class. Um, so I, I think what this is, is they're they're saying, hey, we're going to load up for Ben's last year, but they, they don't need to sell the farm. This team still has several young position players. I can't. I keep hearing every week, oh, the Steelers, they need to tear it down. I'm like, but what are they tearing down? I think this team keeps chugging along, and their nucleus shifts. They're, they, cut, they go back to being a defensive team, but – that was the last time this franchise won Super Bowls was when they were a defensive team and Ben Roethlisberger was a young quarterback who was kind of just making plays as they went. Team LeBron versus Team Durant. Who drafted better? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball, baseball is going to be here before you know it, hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Boston Celtics are on a roll heading into the All-Star break after beating Toronto 132-125. to John Corrales here from the Locked On Celtics podcast after Boston's fourth straight win a much-needed winning streak to erase the bad taste of a very tough February out of their mouths. Jason Tatum leads eight Celtics in double figures, but it was Grant Williams who had a big performance off the bench, 17 points on three of four shooting. What a night for Grant Williams, who's been dealing with DNPs. So the Celtics get production from their bench, and they survive giving up 21 three-pointers to the Toronto Raptors and avoiding an embarrassing loss to a depleted team on a back-to-back. The Celtics head into the break with some confidence and they're going to head out of the break with the return of Marcus Smart and Romeo Langford. So potentially good things ahead for the Boston Celtics. I'll be talking about it on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. The Bucks got a close win over the Grizzlies and head into the break on a high note. What's up, everyone? Kane Pittman here from Locked on Bucks. Milwaukee head into the All-Star break in winning fashion. They beat the Grizzlies 112 to 111 in what was a wild ending to this game. It was back and forth. But I think the big takeaway if you're a Bucks fan is this is a great advertisement for what the Bucks tried to do in the offseason, and that is improve their half-court offense and improve their offense in general down the stretch in close games. Tonight, we saw all three key players be involved. First, Giannis on an elbow touch 
is able to draw the defense in, kick the ball out to the corner for a wide open three from Pat Connaughton. Then we saw an isolation from Chris Middleton. He was able to draw a foul and get to the free throw line. And then the game winner we saw from Drew Holiday, who was able to create separation and knock down a baseline open jump shot. So let's... We don't expect that the Memphis Grizzlies are a contending team, sure. But overall, this week in wins against the Clippers, wins against the Pelicans, and wins against the Grizzlies, we've seen the Bucks being able to generate offense in close games under pressure when they needed it in the half court. No upsets on Thursday night as teams gear up for the NCAA tournament. Number two, Michigan. Number three, Baylor. Number five, Iowa. Number six, West Virginia. Number 13, Kansas. Number 15, Texas. Number 18, Texas Tech. And number 24, Colorado. Well, they all won. They made it easy. Creighton head coach Greg McDermott has been suspended from all team activities for racially insensitive comments he made to his players last week. The school announced Thursday night. Athletic Director Bruce Rasmussen said, Coach McDermott and our athletic program must use this incident as an opportunity for growth and learning as clearly more work needs to be done. McDermott said last week after Creighton's loss to Xavier, guys, we got to stick together. We need both feet in. I need everyone to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation. Here is another story you need to know. The picks are in and the teams are set for NBA All-Star. And Adam Stanko is here from Rejecting the Screen to talk about the teams such that we need to talk about the teams, Adam. It seems like the picking of the teams was done to create a little bit of drama, to create a little bit more excitement. And yet every year we've done it, it seems like we have uneven teams. Adam, why does this happen every year now it's a great question and that needs to be figured out you know what's going on here i mean there's been questions in the past whether lebron has been angling to get free agents that are going to play right. out to his benefit <laughs> as as far as he's a member of the the lakers but i will say you look at Le, lebron's roster which he starts on along with Giannis, steph curry luca and joker and i immediately thought man that seems like a group of guys that I think LeBron took took to heart this year. I'm going to go with players I really want to play with, guys that have unique skill sets um, and, and do really incredible things on the court. Obviously, all these guys do, but I think those guys in particular are guys LeBron really just wanted to play with. And, man, what what a cool starting lineup he's, he's put together. The, the idea of, you know, the schoolyard selections – it was. It seems to me, at least, and tell me if if you think I'm wrong about this. It seemed better in theory, like the execution of it, the the mm -hmm. televising of it was a good first step. But I don't know. Like I feel like it would be better maybe if we were actually in a gym and they had to pick guys. Like I, I, it just seems anticlimactic to me. I, I never enjoy it as much as I think I should. I I completely agree. When the idea was first presented and was actually probably first conceived probably on some Reddit message board that some NBA exec picked up and said, wow, that actually does sound like a good idea. What if we implemented that? It seemed like something that would be really cool. But at the end of the day, what makes that stuff fun is sort of the tension and sort of seeing where the pick's coming from. I just think the NBA players, I don't know how much thought they really put into it. And so, yeah, again, this year, looking at LeBron's team, I thought, well, this this kind of fun roster that he's put together. But at the same time, I don't know how much they really care. I don't know how much they really feel the stakes, especially this season, as we've talked about in the past, Peter. So 
I'm a purist. I would love to still see East West and guys playing for pride in that regard. I don't necessarily need a draft, but if they're going to have one, I'm with you. Like, let's line all the guys up. Let's say it face to face. Let's do it right before tip off and let's go. I think there's some uh, guys would have much more more to play for if if they really felt like they just got snubbed. I love that. And and we would get to spend half the game talking about how the last two guys were were the Utah picks. Yeah, absolutely. I will say, once again, I think sending a subtle message, it definitely feels like with Utah in command right now, the entire league, picking Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert last doesn't seem to be a coincidence. I think it's sending a message to the, to the Jazz, hey, both for the Nets and for the Lakers, like we're, we're sending you a message pretty early on. Even if it's a very subtle one, if it's nuanced, it's still a message. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were the final picks in the All-Star roster, and they aren't going to forget that. You know who else won't forget it? Locked on Jazz host, David Locke. The Utah Jazz finished the first half of the NBA season with the league's best record, and at times they were historic with their rate of winning and their three-point shooting. Despite that, it was a first half of a season filled with slander. It started when Donovan Mitchell put 36 points, seven rebounds, and five assists on top of the Pelicans, only to be met by Shaquille O'Neal on the TNT set telling him he wasn't good enough. Mike Conley got overlooked for the All-Star game despite the Jazz having the best record. On the final night of the first half of the season, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert erupted due to the lack of respect from the officials. Now at another one of the list, the Jazz two All-Stars, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, were left as the last two men standing in LeBron James and Kevin Durant's All-Star draft. And while this will only add to the chips on the top of the shoulders of both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell for the second half of the season, it also led the Utah Jazz new owner, Ryan Smith, to subtweet on top of NBA on TNT, quote, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen, we're just getting started. For more on the Jazz, go to Locked On Jazz and the Locked On Podcast Network. For most players in the NBA, the All-Star Game is a welcome break, but has it come at the worst possible time for the Miami Heat? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and why not? When you've got names like caramel brownie, cookies and cream, German chocolate, salted caramel, double chocolate, all of these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and yet they're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. It is a miracle of modern science. I'm telling you these things are the best. I have tried every protein bar on the market in my life. Nothing holds a candle to Built Bar. They truly are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Jimmy Butler scored 29 points and the Miami Heat beat the New Orleans Pelicans 103-93 to win seven of their last eight heading into the All-Star break. David Ramil from Locked on Heat joining us now. And David, we know basketball is such a game of rhythm. And this was a team that early in the season didn't quite have its rhythm. Now that it's finding it, how concerned are you that the All-Star break is coming at a bad time for Miami? 
I'm not all that concerned. In fact, I'd probably say close to zero concerned because I, I feel like this team has had so little time to rest, to prepare. They've gone through so much upheaval in terms of having players in and out of the lineup, and now they'll finally be able to get some rest and, more importantly, probably welcome back some key players. Here. Avery Bradley has missed time. Bam Adebayo was hurt against New Orleans Pelicans on Thursday. Jimmy Butler missed two games before that. So they've had all these players in and out of the lineup, but they're trending in the right direction. They're finding ways to play similarly to what they did last year. They're sharing the ball. They're moving off ball without it. They're just looking active and energetic on defense. This is a lot more like the team that made it to the NBA Finals last year, and I think the rest will actually help them. I think they'll be able to practice on occasion. Uh, Eric Spolster has actually used shoot-arounds a lot more frequently over the last few weeks, and you're starting to see a lot of the, that cohesion that we saw last season. And look, a big part of that is Jimmy Butler being back in the lineup, as you can tell, against the, in, against the Pelicans. Clearly, he was their best player, but he's so essential to what they do. But more importantly, everybody else around him seems to always play better. When it comes to the Heat, as we head into the second half with this team, they were the East representative in the finals like five minutes ago. Does this team, as currently constituted, have enough to make that same kind of finals run or... At some point, if they're still hovering around 500 here in in two weeks, are they going to be looking to make some splashier move? I think they've been looking. I don't think about a splashier move. I think it's about improvements around the edges, trying to get a versatile, switchable defender at the power forward spot because uh, Kelly Olenek, who's been starting in place of anybody else that can actually fill that role, is not that great a defender, at least not individually. He's good as a help uh, defender or you know, in part of team defense. But you still want somebody a lot like the Jay Crowder role that they had last year where, you know, he could guard the five spot. He could move down to a a ball handler. He could shoot to three. That's something that they've been missing. You know, Kelly Olenek had a big shooting game against the Pelicans, but he's been really inconsistent from behind the arc. And it's just it's been noticeable how much they need somebody and and a, a kind of improvement at that piece. So I think that's where they'll be actively shopping around. Can I interest you in a slightly used Blake Griffin? No. Personally, I don't think that's going to help Miami. <laughs> and finally, a Tom Brady rookie card sold for a record $1.32 million on Thursday on PWCC Marketplace. It was purchased by James Park, a known card collector and noted Brady fan who wrote on Instagram, I lived in Boston for 10 years, and so I'm a huge fan of Brady. I've also had a love of collecting cards since I was a kid. Given Brady's uncontested status as GOAT in football, this card is an important piece of sports history and of any collection. Uncontested, James? I don't know about uncontested, but I also don't know about paying a million dollars for a card. That's just me. James and I, we're different guys. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Maybe you can win enough to get a Tom Brady rookie card. Coming up on Monday, Team LeBron or Team KD? We'll see who wins. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.